You are listening to the weekly podcast of Transformation Life Church in Muskegon, Michigan. We pray you enjoy today's message. Hallelujah. God has blessed this place with people with a hunger to make a difference in the lives of other people. I, I am simply amazed, and I, and I know it, it's just what God is doing and who he's bringing around. And You know, in some, some of them, we have to do some more testimonies, so we're going to work on doing testimonies around here. So I've been telling people, especially in the Jesus in the streets, I know Brett has been working on and, and uh, Chris has been working on getting people to get their testimonies down so that you can know what it is. They overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And I'm just here to tell you that, the, that some of these people around here haven't even really been serving God that long. You, you don't have to wait 10 years. You don't have to be like me and say, well, God, there's all kinds of ways to serve you and do none of them and make excuses. And, but you can get involved, and you don't have to wait 10 years. And you don't have to say, well, when I, when I understand everything. <laughs> Good luck with that. Does anybody here understand everything yet? Because if you do, I want to hang out with you. I need some help. We got too many people walking around with way too much extra biblical revelation that think they know some things. They, they don't know nothing. I can't wait till they get to heaven, assuming they're going to make it there. And, and God blows their mind. And they'll be like, oh, that's not what I... I thought I had revelation. <laughs> yeah. Here, start with revelation. You can start getting revelation, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. When you get this revelation down, you can start working on others. You know what I mean? I like there's too many people wandering around that have revelation of stuff, but they don't have the word. I have a hard time believing God's given you revelations of things and you don't even know his word. I don't, I don't think it's revelation from God. Satan comes as an angel of light. Oh, I thought, I thought it was God because it was just so enlightening. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be the devil. Because he's an angel of light, and he'll make you think that you're getting some revelation from God, and it doesn't line up with his word, but because we don't know his word, we don't know it don't line up, so we don't know, you know, because the Bible says test the spirits. How do you test the spirit? How do you test the spirit? Somebody, well, how do you test the spirit? i got to be in the spirit to test the spirit. No, you don't test the spirit in the spirit. You test the Spirit in the Word. 
when somebody comes in and starts talking about some stuff and it sounds super cool, right? Because that's how you, like it's a new revelation. Woo! Gotta be cool. Because, you know, this is boring. Because, you know, it's never changed. All the other novels I read, sometimes they have a rewrite and the ending gets changed. So, you know, it keep, piques my interest. So it's cool. But this one, every time I read it, it's the same. I read that verse already. I don't know why to read it again. Right? It doesn't change. Well, the great thing about the fact it doesn't change is you know that it doesn't change. And you cannot build a foundation on something that changes. Try it. Build your house on a foundation that changes. And when you come home someday from work, and it's laying like this, and you're like, that reminds me of a nursery rhyme. Maybe I'll live in that house. You know? You can't build on something that changes. Yet, for some reason, we're so attracted to the next new thing. The next new move. And then you can find out, and you think, you know, because we hear about things like the... Uh, who was uh, Jones or whatever? What was the one they, they all went and drank? The... Jim, Jones. Jim Jones. So we hear about Jim Jones back in the day, and we're like, oh, boy, that was so bad. How did they get deceived by that? You ever found yourself going, I, see, I do this, so I'm just being open and honest. You know, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's scary. But I've, I'm like, I look at the Bible, and I read the Scripture that says that, when you're standing before Jesus, he says, depart from me, for I never knew you. And they say, didn't I cast out demons? Didn't I heal the sick? Didn't I, didn't I, didn't I do all these things? And I don't know. Maybe you're more spiritual than I am. Maybe you got it all figured out. But I look at it and I go, how? How? We just talked about this a little bit on Thursday Night Men's Bible, which they really, by the way, have been good Bible studies. So you... Literally, the Bible. Read it. Talk about it. Bible study. And I say to myself, how is it that somebody has done all of these things and they're told, like you would think we would hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. But that's not what's said. What's said is, depart from me, for I never knew you. And we'll think about things in the past, and we kind of laugh about it, like, how did they get into where they went all the way up there and drank this Kool-Aid, and how did they... Okay, how did the Israelites build a golden calf while Moses was up in the mountain getting the commandments from God? How? Because you've got to have something more new and exciting. Because we need something to tickle us and make us feel good. Because God forbid that we would crucify our flesh. 
It's got to be more spiritual than that. There's a man that's been wandering around doing some stuff lately, and you know, he's got an occult going on, and you're like, and people are flocking to him. Wonder how long it's going to be before all of them get together and do something stupid to go to their eternal reward. In this world, in this time frame, in this hour, And we have the year of 2024, God opens new doors. Whew, I hope they're exciting doors. How about this? They're going to be ancient doors. They haven't changed. Them doors haven't changed. But they're worth going through. They're worth entering into. But you can't do it because you feel good in the flesh. You can only do it if you crucify the flesh. I, I often, I'm, I'm like, God, can't we just, why? Why is this what you're saying? Why is it that you seem to be so focused on crucifying our flesh, dealing with our minds? Why is that? Can't we just have a Holy Ghost explosion blowout? We could, but half the church is so carnal, it's only a, it's only a natural feeling. It's a utopia in the flesh that when we're done with it, we don't even know what to do. I, I can't wait to see a Holy Ghost blowout, but I want it to be a true experience in the presence of God. We may not like the temple veil that ripped from top to bottom when Jesus died on the cross, opening up the ability to come into the presence of God. The ability to come in confidence into the presence of God. But there is, I still think, the pattern of the temple with an outer court, inner court, and holy of holies. You may not have walls, but I still think there is doors. I still think we can hang out in the outer court. And if we stay there, because it's different than being out of the court altogether, we may think we have reached a place where God has us in some form of utopia. But that's not where God wants you. That's just the entering place. And you can't get to the next place lest you sacrifice, lest you clean your hands, 
and your feet. You can't even go any further with God lest you do that. And I don't think this principle has left. God is a God of principles and patterns. He's never changed them. It's the same. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. So if you get to live to be 200, God will still be the same. You'd be like, well, 200 years passed. Everything around me has changed. Yes, I think it would be very interesting to talk to people that are 100 years old and talk about the change that has happened in our life, in their life. And Larry, you know this. We, we took some men of honor people up to Nebish Island. Nebish Island, it's like up north. You got to go on ferries to get there, and, you know, it's just like... Up there, Nebish Island, Google it. I mean, Annette found us Googling. You can find Nebish Island, Googling. And when we were up there, we noticed everybody up there was uh, pretty much up there in age, right? And they go there when they retire because, like, there's no civilization, so they don't have to be irritated by the things of the world because there ain't nobody up there. They don't have to put their dogs on chains because they've got 100 acres for every house so the dog can run free. And we went around and cut and split wood and stacked firewood and power wash things and did all kinds of stuff for these people. Made these poor young kids work. repaired a bridge one time. Remember the bridge, Larry? We repaired the bridge. Your guy, you're in the mud. You're in the da-da-da, fixing this bridge. And uh, But, you know, we had ice cream every night. Uh, <laughs> salted caramel cheesecake, and I have not found it anywhere else. They made it up there somewhere, and it was good. And anyway, but when we when we went up there, we met a man. We were doing firework and stuff, firewood and stuff for this guy and his wife. And while we were doing it, his wife had made cookies and all this while we were working. And they brought these cookies out. And they were like, come on, you got to stop working and eat the cookies. And we're like, no, they don't need to stop working and eat the cookies. They need to keep working. No, come on, they've got to stop. We're like, okay, but you can't tell them no because they're awful sweet people. So you just got to finally say yes. And then we wound up sitting in their garage on a tailgate of a truck and some other stuff and eating cookies. And I think that man was in his late 80s, almost 90, and his wife similar. He used to be a, a nuclear physicist. Physicist. And his wife was a school teacher. Right? She's a school teacher, right? I think. And, uh, but then there was, um, uh, and then he was a Cub Scout or a Boy Scout leader, and he was one of the leading Boy Scouts that had the most amount of Eagle Scouts. And he was one that had the very first female Eagle Scout, because this female said, I can do that, and he finally let her go through it and become an Eagle Scout as a female. 
And so very, very accomplished individuals. And we got to hear the stories. These, the, I'm telling you, these young men in middle school, 7th, 8th grade, sat there and listened to them as they talked about their life and all of the changes in almost 90 years. And when we left there, we had gone to a church service. We had done all this stuff. And when we had left there, the thing that stuck out the most was sitting in that garage with them. And Pastor Rod has been saying this lately. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. He said that, and I'm like, hmm, boy, that's a little, hmm, really? But your Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. We have people making up stuff that sounds really cool. The other day I heard that if you sneeze, you cast a demon out of you. So I'm just thinking if you feel like you got a demon that's got to come out, tickle your nose. You don't need prayer. We don't need anointed prayer. We don't need the oil. We don't need people, you know, fasting and praying and doing that kind of stuff. We just need a feather. Come up here. We can start a whole new movement. Choo, choo. They're all sneezing. Biggest deliverance service ever right there. We just... You think I'm talking funny. It's true. You sneak, I'm like, then the problem becomes, see, we used to, people used to sneeze, you'd run out of the room because you didn't want to catch a cold. Now they sneeze, you got to run out of the room because you're afraid you're being chased by a demon. It's crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. It makes me laugh. I don't know about you. I just laugh. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I'm thinking about Jesus, right? He died. He rose again, right? His disciples are hiding out in this room. They got the door locked. Right? The door's locked. Nobody's coming in here. And here comes Jesus. What entrance way did he use? He just walked in. Here I am. And then we think that somehow in the spirit realm that they need uh, your mouth or nose or whatever. Right? They're spirits. They can go through the wall. I just, I'm sorry, but I just laugh. I just laugh. God is so great and so big and so majestic that the other thing is, is I'm like, 
I, God's going to open up new doors in 2024 for us to walk through, and are we going to be afraid to walk through them because we can't trust Him to keep us? Who's our protector then? The, the temple in that outer court, when you look at it, you, you have to really understand that when you're giving that sacrifice, it's a true sacrifice. It's not a, an emotional sacrifice. It's deeper than that. So we, we had great discussion on Thursday night at the men's group because we got to talking about repentance, what it really is, and how repentance doesn't have to deal with your emotions. And if you don't get past your emotional response, you don't truly repent. You only say you're repenting because you feel bad and you don't want to feel bad anymore. But as soon as you don't feel bad anymore, you'll go back to doing what you used to do because you didn't repent. When you came into that, when that animal went on that sacrifice, that animal got consumed. It didn't have anything left. You didn't see it get off and walk away. Jesus said, you know, he's like, unless you drink of my blood and eat of my flesh, you have nothing to do with me. And all of a sudden, the crowd left. You've just made this hard. I don't think so. I was in it for the comfort. I was in it because when I needed something miraculous in my life, I hung out with you because I knew I could get it from you. But I didn't really want to give up anything. When you put your hands in that laver made out of melted down mirrors, when you put your hands in there, you could see, you could see your reflection in the water. But when you begin to wash your hands full of blood, and that water became contaminated, if you will, or mixed with the sacrifice. The blood is where the life is. Right? That's why they were told they couldn't drink of the blood, because that's where the life of the animal was, in the blood. So 
let me give you this picture. So you go to the, the labor, your hands have the life of the sacrifice on them. And you now have to even wash off that life. And now the water, no, no longer can you see your reflection. Because we are not to see our reflection. We're to be a reflection of Christ. Yeah. Say, so, well, you're spending a lot of time in the Old Testament, yeah? Because it was a foreshadow. Some of the things in the New Testament you can't understand unless you take it back to the Old Testament. Too many people trying to use the New Testament to eliminate the Old Testament. Jesus never said he came to abolish it. He said he came to fulfill it. There's a difference. Too many super spiritual people wandering around. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for walking in the Holy Ghost. I'm all for being in the streets and praying for people and seeing them healed right there. I don't care where they're at. I don't care if they're in Walmart. They went to Walmart, hung out there, and prayed for people. Hey, do it. Do it in Walmart. Do it in Myers. Wherever. You carry, like I want to get these shoes made that say, uh, um, Oh, I got a brain problem today. <laughs> taking authority. Taking authority. So we're going to get these shoes that say taking authority. I was looking at them online, how we can get them done uh, for a few minutes. So, so we can, and then kind of like in boss, a Jesus in the streets thing, and taking authority with a scripture verse reference on there. And then we can wear them while we walk around. Luke 10, 19. You know why, though, what's cool about that is? You know what it, it does? It reminds us of what we're supposed to be doing. Right? The reminders. Like, I used to wear a lot of Christian t-shirts when I first got saved, and that was so that when I was walking around somewhere, I would then go, oh, wait a minute, don't say that. <laughs> Forgot I got this shirt on. You think I'm kidding, that was real. I used to put them on so that I would think about wearing that shirt before I said something I shouldn't have said, or did something I shouldn't have done. As a way, as a check and balance. So, you know, and, and, and sometimes we need to put checks and balances in our life. Put the checks and balances in. Put those shoes on. Maybe you'll realize everywhere you step, you're taking authority. Who are you taking it for? 
Hmm. You taking it for Satan? You taking it for yourself? Or you taking it for the kingdom of God? Who are you taking authority for? We say things that are so cool, and we have to get a heart change where our heart... See, this is the thing. You can't look on the outside. We, we can't tell. We can't tell on the outside. Too many people are judging things based on the outside. And we can't tell what's going on on the inside. Only Jesus walked in fullness of grace and truth. That's what your Bible says. I would like, God, can I walk in fullness of grace and truth? Because then you know when to give all grace and when to just say, no, let me give you truth. See, we read things in the Bible, we're like, well, Jesus flipped the tables, so we can just go flip the tables. No, not if you don't understand why the tables have to be flipped. You can't flip the tables because you're irritable that day. Right? You can't flip the tables because they had Michigan State shirts on them instead of Michigan shirts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I would flip the table if it had Michigan State shirts, but then that would be out of my flesh. And you say... Well, you're being kind of crazy. I'm trying to get a point across. I'm trying to put it in a way it'll stick in your head. That there's something about dying to yourself. When you die to yourself, you don't just, you're not willy-nilly anymore. You know, I think some of the Christians die to themselves. They think because you cut the head of the chicken off, it's dead. But it ain't dead for a while. It runs around. <laughs> it's just a running around chicken with its head cut off. It ain't dead yet. <laughs> There's a... <laughs> you know, Becca, you got to go... Uh, uh, go pull a picture out of my, go in my Facebook, and then in my, I message myself a picture. Can you throw them, pull them out real quick? I got sidetracked today. <laughs> it's normal. <laughs> We're used to it. He didn't even notice. I'm not talking about now. I'm not sidetracked now. I'm saying before service I was sidetracked, and so I was going to get these pictures up there, and I didn't, I didn't get them up there. So I'm not sidetracked right now. You may think I am, but I am not. <laughs> Tammy, you're, you're wiser. I'm not really sidetracked, am I? Yeah, see? Listen to her. She knows. <laughs> I wouldn't ask Rich because, you know, the other day we were talking and uh, yesterday we were talking and, and we were talking about going shooting and I, and I said, well, I haven't shot in so long. I'd be scared to go with Rich because uh, giving him any ammunition uh, to use against me would not be good. 
And I didn't mean ammunition he had to put in a gun. So there's one, the first one of the, of, the te- of the tent of meetings. It's got a side view. Yeah. So when you leave, um, when you leave the outer court to go into the inner court, um, there is, this picture doesn't show it, but some of the stuff I've read, they actually have a curtain. Now, you have to think about this. The curtain had uh, angels on it. This picture doesn't really show that, but the description was angels. Or maybe that picture is just, I don't know. But anyway, the picture was angels. And you have to think about what, what was that about, that they were instructed to put that on there. Because the original, the original intent of God to create man in his image and his likeness and put him in a garden, paradise, is the Hebrew word for that, paradise, put him in there. And then give him uh, things to do. So it's never been God's plan that man would have nothing to do. It's never been God's plan that the government did everything for us. Right? It's never been God's plan. He said, hey, take care of my garden. Right? Then they sinned. And then they got kicked out. And then he posted angels at the entranceway so he couldn't come back in. So they were instructed to have angels on the veil so you couldn't go in. It's just kind of amazing when you look at what God, how God operates because he, he is so sovereign and he doesn't do anything just say he doesn't do anything happenstance or just because everything he does he he does it with a purpose There were layers on this meeting place, the holy place, and then there was a division on the inside. Go to the next, go to the other picture. I think it's a side view. Yeah, so you come in the front. Now, these things were a lab. This was actually an elaborate. It wasn't like you just threw up something and it wasn't. There was, there was work put into this. A lot of detail. 
lot of bronze and, you know, all of that in there. It wasn't just, you know, like we found spare sticks around, right? There was effort and in detail in, you know, then the Bible says we've got to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, and there's effort in it, and there's detail in it. And so you come into the first room, and then there was a dividing. So the first part was the holy place. The next place is the holy of holies. And in that room, when you went in there, when you got to go through that doorway, there was, there was two major things. There was a, a table that had the table of showbread and incense on it. And there was a menorah for the light. And, but, okay, go back to the other one first before I go any further with that. I guess I'm not going to get, uh, I'm not going to get very far today. Imagine that. So I want to just cover um, the coverings on the outside. Go to Leviticus chapter 16. I'm going to go over the coverings on the outside. Next week we'll talk about the menorah. And Leviticus chapter 16. So the first covering on there, it says, was made out of goat's hair, um, and it was white. And that first covering represents Jesus. Now, they were given specific instructions on what these linens were supposed to look like. And so the inner curtain that was made was a fine linen that represented Jesus who has become our righteousness, the white covering. The next covering was um, the ram skin, and it was told, they were told they had to dye it red. They were given specific instructions. You had to dye this red. Now, in Leviticus 16, there's an interesting verse going all the way down to 6. It says, uh, 16 verse 6. It says, Aaron shall offer his bull for the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house. Now, God had different offerings for different positions. So Aaron was the high priest. He had to offer this sin offering of a bull. He says, but then he shall take two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meetings, and Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. 
And so the process was that the two goats were brought in by the people, not Aaron. Aaron did it because he was the high priest. But Aaron had to sacrifice for him a bull because he was the high priest. Different offering. But for the people, they brought the goats. The two goats came in. And in this process, they would, sac- they would toss lots. And then this one got selected to be sacrificed, and this one got selected to be set free. The scapegoat was Jesus took the spot of the sacrifice, and we got the spot of the scapegoat. Right? And then that one was let go to be free. Now, so in this symbolism, they had to make a covering of this with dyed red to cover, to show the uh, blood of Jesus as the covering that was that covered the sin, right, of the white, which was Jesus, the righteousness. So without the blood of Jesus covering, you, the white wouldn't stay white. You see what I'm saying? Because if the white was on the outward, it would be affected by the elements of the society or the weather and all of the other things would affect the white and would tarnish it, correct? Like if you, you know, put anything out in your yard white, it's not going to be white very long. So Jesus is the righteousness covered by the blood of Jesus keeping the righteousness So in other words, we're only righteous through Jesus and by the covering of his blood. Our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags, right? And then on top of that, they would actually gather different animals like they say sea cows or, or, or seals or possibly dolphins or anything like that would then become the outer covering because that was water resistant and keep all of that dry. So it's a whole process that this is up there, and it symbolizes our life in Jesus is where we're white unto sacrifice. And that then we are covered, and we're, we maintain our righteousness by his blood. So that's that symbolism in there. Okay? So uh, that co- I'm just going to quit with the covering of that, and then next week we're going to get into what the stuff that's on the inside, because the menorah is a big thing to think about and really get into, and it's going to take some time. I want to get into the menorah, and one of the things that's really cool if you if you look at a real menorah, the original design of the menorah that God gave them. Every shaft, there's six 
there's a center shaft and six other shafts to the menorah that are attached to the center staff, six being the number of man, right? Six being the number of man, the center shaft being Jesus, and then the oil that feeds the six all come from the center shaft. A lot of times people will see a menorah and there's all different branches. It, it's got different branches, but they all feed from the center shaft. And they only put the oil in one shaft. So the oil fed the other shafts. So that's just a, that's just a little bit of a, a, a taste of that menorah and what it represented. So, but I just want us to get our sacrifice is important that we give that sacrifice, we lay down our life, and then we have to understand that it's only the covering of Jesus that keeps us righteous, and that covering stays that way by his blood. We, we can't stay righteous any other way. Not by works, not by anything, only by his blood. And so our focus has to get back to Jesus. And not some of the other things that are trying to bring us, not us in general, I'm using that in a general term, but our focus has to go back to Jesus, not on all of the other things that are trying to become our focus, even in the church world, even in the church world. Like there's so many things they're trying to make focuses out of, and our focus has to be Jesus. And we're only righteousness, our own righteousness is through him and through his blood and his covering. So, um, so I, 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 sorry, I got to quit there because it's too much. If I go any further, we'll be here for another hour or two. <laughs> Still okay. <laughs> Lions don't play till three. And we, that's right, we got to hold off that meeting we have until after the Lions game. Or put it on your big screen. You have big TV, we can... So, if you're here today and you, I don't know, maybe this confuses you, but the sacrifice of Jesus is is everything. It's everything. But we're to follow in his example and that sacrifice that he gave means that we're to sacrifice. We accept his sacrifice, but we also still sacrifice. And accepting his sacrifice should be a sacrifice. Think about that. Accepting his sacrifice should be a sacrifice. It's a, everybody will say, but it's a free gift. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. It will cost you nothing, but it will cost you everything. Or should I say, you don't have to pay anything, but it will cost you everything. But the rewards are amazing because when you get to enter in 
under His covering, because of His covering, and you can enter into that Holy of Holies, into His presence, and, and spend that time with God, He will give you greater understanding, greater revelation, greater peace, greater joy. He'll give you all that. Life becomes so, I don't want to say easy, but easy. It's never easy, but it's easier. Like, if you have hope, you can walk through anything. If you've got hope, you can walk through anything. You say, well, yeah, but you don't know what's going on on the inside of me. I got this, and I got that. And You know, like Pam was just in the hospital for a couple days and going through stuff for her heart. And, and, but she's still smiling today. And she's here because she's got Jesus and the hope of God in her. And that's what we mean. You don't, life ain't easy, but you can walk through it with hope. So stand with me. Let me just pray. I just pray over you for the release of greater hope today. Hallelujah. If you're here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never accepted the covering of His blood, His sacrifice, if you're here and and you've never done that, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Or maybe, maybe you've done it and you know what? You've walked away from God and said, I want to live my own life. Maybe today you'll want to give Him back control of your life. If you're in here today and that's you and you say, well, I don't really understand a lot you've talked about, but I know I need help. I know I need that hope on the inside of me. I know I'm a sinner and I don't live right and I need God to help me. He will be your Savior. He will be the one to walk with you. And He'll put you on a path in life to make things so much more full of joy as you walk through this world and guarantee you a place in heaven through his blood and if you're in here and you know that you would rather spend eternity in heaven than in hell that you can't do it on your own and you need the guiding help of jesus that you would love to have the covering of his righteousness and his blood. You know, just lift a hand in here. Just lift a hand if you are in this place. And you say, I just don't know that I can do it on my own. Lord, I pray that your spirit, oh God, your presence 
that's already on each and every life that's in this place. God, that it will continue to draw them to you. You're already drawing them. You've already drawn them. And you have got a closer relationship in store. You have got intimate connections with them in their near future. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will just begin to draw them even greater. Draw them, O oh God. Draw them. Draw them. Draw them into your presence. Be with them. Be their covering. Go before them. Prepare the way. Be their rear guard. God, I pray no sickness, no disease. Nothing could come against them. Nothing would harm them. I pray a covering over them that keeps them in all of their ways. As they acknowledge you, oh God, I pray that in the name of Jesus as they leave here, that the peace of God, the joy of God, the strength of God is on them. God, that they were renewed and running with the eagles, flying with the eagles, oh God. Renew their strength, oh God. Renew their strength, oh God. Renew their strength, oh God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Divine health in the name of Jesus. Everybody say divine health. Divine health in the name of Jesus. Body, soul, spirit. Divine health in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got, we got to grab a hold of that. We can walk in divine health. Body, soul, spirit. Divine health. We should be the happiest people. We should be the strongest people. We should be the healthiest people. And we'll just, everybody want to come to this church just because whoever comes here has got strength. The strength of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I better let you go. I don't know. I'll be up here all day. I love you guys. Go in divine health. Tell somebody you love them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.